Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Food Heals Podcast, episode 204. We jokingly say vegan world domination and stuff like that, but I mean, we say it in a very friendly way. And it exponentially keeps growing because now we're at a point where people, when they come into this, they're coming in because it's not about sacrifice. It's about living more fully. Mm -hmm. It's about abundance. It's about feeling better about yourself. It's about feeling better about the fucked up shit that you're not participating in anymore. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is literally just change a couple things on your plate and then you're like the fucking savior of the world. And I mean that. In a very serious way. And you're joining celebrities, you're joining professional athletes, you're joining just like... You're joining a fucking big party. A movement, And vodka is served at this fucking party. (laughs) (laughs) And it's amazing. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Whitney Lawrenson. I'm so glad to have you here to co-host. I love co-hosting. Thanks so much for having me back. Yes. I'm especially excited because today we're chatting with the vegan bros, Matt 
and Phil. They are so much fun and wise and also a little bit polarizing, which I think is going to make for a really good interview. Well, not to us. I found them just full of knowledge, wisdom, passion, and love. And oh, so yeah. I think that their message needs to be spread with the world. So I'm happy to mm-hmm. help them do that in any way that I can. And they're serial entrepreneurs. They've got four companies under their belt. They're busy, busy. They've got their brand new book, which we're going to talk about. And cheers to, I'm super excited. What else are they going to talk about? I don't know. Would I, would I call them busy, Allison? Or would I say that they uh, just have full schedules because their expertise on entrepreneurship, veganism, as well as the science and art of social Social change has garnered them national and international attention, and it's very well deserved. But first, next week, it's the first episode in our brand new spiritual entrepreneur series where we're going to focus on how to inspire others by doing what inspires you, how to gain the confidence and business building tools that you need to live your highest purpose, make an impact and earn for your great work. And this series is brought to you by Gabby Bernstein's Spirit Junkie Masterclass Digital Course. To kick off the series, Gabby has a free video training for you. It is live today. You can find that right now at foodhealsnation.com slash Gabby. And so I asked Gabby to give us a little taste of what we will learn. Roll it, Roxy. And speaking of transformational tools... You've got your free video series, and the first video is coming out today, Food Heals Nation. Yes. So tell us about that. So, you know, I've, I've been in this field for a long time, as you know, and I've been the witness of a lot of amazing people like you, Allison, and like both of you, actually. It's like seeing so many people having their own personal transformations, whether it be through food or whether it be through spiritual awakening, where they're realizing, okay, wait, my pain my pain doesn't have to be a sentence. My pain can actually be my purpose, and I can really turn it into a mission-driven life that I want to live. And many people have also been called to bring those principles into their careers. And so I started to see this happening around me and I wanted to create a training to help people gain the confidence and take action and clear any blocks to abundance yeah. and to really learn how to get their message out in a very meaningful way. And so I'm, I'm putting today, it's such good timing, is launching this free training series where I the first video is um, the three steps to own your confidence and get into action right now. And the second video is about the three major blocks to your abundance and how you can fix them. And then the third video is really all about how you can stand out and make an impact doing the things that you love. And so I've got this real passion for helping people bring more purpose into their lives, whether it be their personal lives or their career, and really owning their confidence so that they can start to do the thing that they've been dreaming of. These are really important topics to me, and I've brought them to life in this gorgeous training. It's like three 20 to 30 minute videos and you just get to just enjoy and to begin to step into that action right away. So I'm glad that you guys are sharing that. Thank you for that. So go sign up at foodhealsnation.com slash Gabby for the first video in Gabby's free training series. And don't forget to check out this Thursday's bonus Food Heals podcast episode. I'm so excited to bring you this. We're kicking off our spiritual entrepreneur series. We're talking to James Whitaker. Susie and I talked to him. He is the author of the new book, Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy. It's the official companion to the multi-million dollar film based on Napoleon Hill's timeless classic. Next up, our interview with the vegan bros, Matt and Phil. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. 
Recognized speakers on college campuses, conferences, and various forums, they've been featured in mainstream media outlets like Vice, I love Vice, Business Insider, Fast Company, The CW, The Guardian, much more, and now The Food Heals Podcast. And as I said, they're often seen as polarizing and controversial figures within the animal rights community. These vegan bros have garnered massive appeal in the mainstream as exhibited with their new book, Vodka is Vegan, which is such a brilliant title. I'm so excited about this book. Welcome, Matt and Phil. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. So tell us about the book. So it's the title. I love that you guys just look like, at We always do that. Like, who's, <laughs> gonna, who's <laughs> gonna talk? Who's gonna talk first on this one? I feel like the two of you would have almost like that twin type of dynamic, because you're not actually twins, but like you kind of feel like twins to me because you're always together. You do everything together, and Run I felt like you would together. be able to read each other's minds. Is that true? <laughs> you know what? It's become more and more true. We finish each other's yeah. sentences. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's we're, crazy. We're one master brain at this point. I mean, we, we've, we've started to like. Honestly, we like our entire journey has really rolled together at this point where it's like we're our own people, but we we do also literally we're on the same mission. We're thinking about the same things in the same way. We finish each other's sentences. Like it, it is it is interesting. How many we, years like apart? We, oh, three years. Wow. And, and we just sort of like I feel like for a while we skirted around it because like people would be like, wow, so you're really brothers. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> it's like, honestly, we embrace our weirdness at this point. Weird. We're <laughs> yeah. really in a weird life. And like we're brothers that like are on the same mission. Like we've lived together a lot. Like we do, we do, you know, we work out the gym sometimes together. Like date the same girl. <laughs> we we, haven't done we that so yet. far have tried to steer clear of that. <laughs> okay, good. Cause that could get and weird. I do feel like that would be weird. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but some people might be cool. I feel like twins sometimes are like cool. They're like fine. Like we're basically the same person anyways. Like whatever. That's interesting. I've never even thought about that. I'm cult- fascinated by twins. And my sister and I are six years apart, but we have that mental read each other mind thing. Even on the, we don't have to be in the same room. On the phone, we can look at each other like through FaceTime and we just know each other, what the other's thinking. That's so cool. And, That's the vibe. But we That's don't have vibe. what you have where we want to work together. We have completely different career paths. So must be kind of neat. It's, cra- like, it's crazy how we've merged together because it's like we haven't always been on the on the same way i mean just years ago back in the day i would punch him and he would claw chunks of skin out of my face (laughs) this is like elementary school that's how we grew up yeah that's how we grew up isn't that funny too how you can grow because you're an only child yeah yeah i have no idea what you guys are talking about (laughs) that's really interesting how the dynamics can shift in in with siblings where like maybe at one period you're fighting you can't say each other and then all of a sudden you're so bonded and and you want to do everything together it is interesting. I mean, that's kind of, that is an interesting part of our story because we weren't all, you know, people say like, were you guys always close? It's like, no, I mean, you, in many ways we were kind of, we were kind of like opposites. Like I was kind of just like, I had my own issues being, I grew up uh, obese. So I grew up overweight and just kind of dealing with that being called fatso in third grade and stuff like that. So feeling that, and he just kind of grew up socially awkward and shy, a shy, skinny kid, and kind of ended very, up very, very, very socially awkward and very, very, very shy. Aww. Yeah, and and he kind of went like the went into like the the punk and and hardcore scene a bit, so it was kind of more like alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, that was and, my path into, into veganism. Too. <laughs> the, and the path, everyone's path is just so interesting. Yeah. So we went our separate ways. Like I went, um, I ended up losing hundred pounds going into the fitness industry, opening up a string of gyms in Michigan. Um, he ended up going the, you know, the vegan path. He, he was handed a leaflet at a concert years ago mm-hmm. and it sort of like 
shifted him where he saw the way an, wow. you know ways animals were treated on factory farms. Just from and a leaflet? It was well, it was a leaflet. I got a leaflet. I always I wonder was, if those work. Apparently, so they do. I think yeah. it's a to me it's it, like the way I used to look at it at least was like it's a numbers game because it's like obviously most people mm. aren't going to change, mm-hmm. but. I got a leaflet at a concert. I think it was like probably like three times over the course of like a year, three three separate times. And each time I got it, I would read it through cover to cover. It was like a, it was a vegan really? outreach leaflet, so it would show wow. you know factory farms and all that stuff. And I was like, it's like holy shit, like this is this is insane. Like I had no idea this stuff was go- this stuff was going on. I, but I'd bring it home, and I would talk to my parents about it, and they're like, oh, that's propaganda. It's not you know it's wow. not like that in all the farms. You know it's, that's just. A few farms, or whatever. And I, you know, I, you want to believe it. Right. Like, I want to believe that. Of course. Shit's, you know, it's like you want okay. to picture the happy cow in the beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah. field. Yeah. And, and a slight. And I mean, that is indicative. Like our our upbringing. We were raised in a small town in the Midwest, in Michigan, and straight up, like we weren't just raised maybe thinking vegetarians were kind of a little bit different than other people. Mm-hmm. We were raised actually thinking they're somehow bad. So like they're going mm. to hell. Actually, also, that's actually true. Like a religious. Yeah. We were raised. No, in, up, we were yeah. raised in a, like a quasi cult on the extreme fringe of Christianity. Really? Like the, the, yeah. if the fringe of Christianity. Like, wow. Like we we look down on most Christians oh, who didn't wow. go to our specific church. And uh-huh. even even if they're in the same denomination as as us, like they Which was still what? like oh, is uh, assemblies of God. Mm-hmm. Um, like Pentecost. Pentecost. Oh, Pentecost. That's what yeah. I was if you've thinking, ever yeah. seen, if you yeah. ever seen Jesus Camp, mm, yeah, that's the, that's the best precursor to understanding our life. Oh our my upbringing God. was Jesus Camp on steroids. Like, oh my it was gosh, like that's so fascinating. Beyond that, <laughs> that documentary. So that's was. how that's how that's where wow. we come from. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, I, I stopped eating meat inside of that. I mean, which, nobody. I mean, that's hardcore. So you were going that's, straight to hell. That, oh, yeah, that's hardcore as fuck to be literally be going like the complete opposite way of every you know everything about our upbringing while he's still. Has to go to church every Sunday. Oh wow! wow I, bas- so I was at a point where I basically didn't fit anywhere mm. in the world. It was like because I still believed like a lot of the you know a lot of the stuff at the time. Like I was I was on board. Like I was I was like a true believer. Like we both were. We both mm. like were hardcore about it. And you're not at this time. No, we're not. Yeah, I mean we're no, we're not. We're not hardcore believers. I mean we're we're down with everyone. We are, here's, I mean, straight up, here's what we'll say. Yeah. Our yeah. life path informs how we view everything. Of so course. I almost majored in theology. I went to a college from the denomination that we yeah, were raised in. Yeah. So I almost majored and I started to lose my faith while in college. And what both of us did, and he did it first, is we went from being like, you know, hardcore into this upbringing to basically as a reaction hardcore angry militant atheists the most, really the most militant atheists you've ever met nothing against life. you know nothing religious against... zealots or a religious atheist yeah nothing against you know either side that's but just not uh, we're not like that anymore we're, we're not like that know. anymore i mean we i mean honestly we're on a spiritual journey at this point <laughs> yeah. really i mean life life is a crazy trip and we view everything we've been through the goods and the bads, we no longer view it as good and bad. It's all informed who we are as people. Mm-hmm. And so like we fully embrace even even the negative stuff about our religious past. Like, you know, we had the leadership at the church we were raised in, you know, emotionally manipulated and abused us. But at, but, the, at the same time, like we understand it's where like, they were they coming from. Yeah. And there, yeah. there's, a, you know, they grew up they grew in a, up, in a they culture in the with their things. parents, you know. And it's like, it's, it's, it's a generational thing. I mean, luckily... Our family, like our dad, he was he got sucked into it first. Like he was the first one in his family that got sucked in. So he got sucked in. Then our then our mom got sucked in. Then we got sucked in. But it was like our aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. Like they're not a part of it. So it's like we're still we're not like as immersed as like the leaders of our church. Whereas to them, it's like that's all they've ever known. That's all their parents have ever known. That's all and their, I think grandparents their grandparents have ever known. Too, yeah. And it's like literally like 
It's they can't world. get out. Like, well, what no a fun. gift, though, that you have that because, oh, totally. mm. A, to have that experience to understand more people and also this current mindset that you have of being accepting because I think that's one of the things that we need most and to inspire people Amen. on is to be <laughs> more accepting. You know, I and I grew up in a semi-Christian family and then I went through a period very recently of going to church out of curiosity and just being around that environment and I am so fascinated by religion. I love learning about all these different places that people come from and how that shifts their lifestyle or that affects their lifestyle. And it's true that even in Los Angeles, when I was going to church, I was one of the only, if not the only vegan in that church. And it, I was around people in their 30s that looked like they might be vegan, like the way that they dressed and acted and the places they would go. And, and they were actually accepting of my veganism. I never felt like they were judging me, at least not that they said. <laughs> but I, it's fascinating. I wonder if there is this thing with Christianity where they, that's deeply embedded in their culture of not being vegan or vegetarian. Well, I think I think it depends drastically because you know we know there's a lot of nuance within Christianity. It's so fucking big, you know yeah. what I mean. So it's yeah. hard to say. Like you can get something on our end, or you can get you know something that's almost like Unitarian, like yeah. you know just just shy of that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of hard to say. But I mean, they're definitely what we grew up in. We know that some of the kids we grew up with are still you know they're adults with kids in that church still, mm-hmm. right? So. And, you know, I think there's ways that they've probably shifted culturally a little bit just because they don't have a choice. Like, the world's changing. Right. Like, we grew up with this idea that, hey, the culture's shifting, but you stay you stay true. You keep those beliefs. You keep yeah. that mindset. So, do, they, but, do you think it's like a th- – is veganism a threat somehow to the religion? Or, well, like, why are people not, I, not accepting of that? I think that our – the way we grew up in, like, our church – is it's like it's not indicative, not of, indicative of mainstream of like the average Christian because to me right. there's a shift going on in Christianity where you have mm-hmm. even people like Franklin Graham who I, right. I, I think he's still vegan I'm not sure if he's still vegan but he was vegan for to. yeah he's he's trying yeah. to, he's probably still at least mostly vegan and you're seeing like you know all walks of life Christians included starting to go vegan in droves yeah. so I think that like mm. our upbringing maybe they're like probably lagging behind but that's the because they're the extreme fringe the, yeah. the mainstream Christianity I think that. That they're starting to be more accepting of, of uh, vegan eating, and a lot of them are exploring it, and a lot of them are jumping totally on board now. Is it yep. is it like a liberal thing or a change thing? Like, what do you think in that Pentecostal or I don't know? Oh, exactly there, I mean, there's called, no but... question about it. Like with our with our upbringing, it was very tied. I almost don't want to even consider it when we're talking about it. I almost don't even want to consider it Christian. Yeah, like mm-hmm. because no. it's so it's so it's far the on the fringe. fringe. It's, it's fringe. not descriptive of like the typical Christian. Because yeah. I mean, at this point in time. I think we Concern. think our experiences. The typical Christian is a pretty good person at this point. Yeah. Like they're they're they are accepting. They are open to like understanding the nuance of the world and, this, and where yeah. things are going. And to me, this is regardless of whether they're liberal or conservative. Like liberals and conservatives in Christianity, they're they're both. What we see is they're both going vegan. In religion, you do see how like our upbringing, there was like politics were were extremely closely tied to it. So much so mm-hmm. that they weren't supposed to have like politicians speaking at the church and they would have politicians speaking at the church (laughs) telling you essentially telling you how to vote um so that kind of stuff was going on um and that's just amazing testament to who you are now and 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 i think inspiring for listeners 
that you can change. You can completely shift. It doesn't matter your friends, family members, people that, you know, your religious group, like you can still make these big changes and be a completely different person in oh, totally. 10 I mean, plus years or whatever. That's the biggest story. That's I the think. biggest. That and is, that gives me the chills thinking about it mm-hmm. because that's, I think that's what we've realized. We've spent the past, like since we started Vegan Bros, since we came together, we knew we were on this big mission and we sensed it. So like when we launched Vegan Bros, somebody could say like we were launching, oh, you're putting up a website or you're putting up a blog. It's like, no, no, no. When we launched Vegan Bros, I cried and mm-hmm. got the chills because we knew we couldn't quite figure out exactly what we were doing, but we knew we were doing something very, very, very important. And it's like everything in our life has just prepared us for this. And the changes we've been through are really, it's our opportunity to, to tell anyone in the world, like, dude, it doesn't matter what you've been through. Now I have like, chills. Yeah. Because that's how I feel about just starting the show. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to have a voice and I'm going to tell people stories in such a way that it hasn't been done before. And I can preach to the choir who wants to listen to what I have to say instead of the people in my lives who didn't want to listen anymore. Mm. And it gave me chills to be like, my life experience has brought me to this point where I can now do this next part of my chapter. And, and if you I believe in God or universe, or any of uh, whatever you want to call it, I think that that's got to play a role in this, right? A lot of times when we change for no expected reason, what else could it be, you know? Like, is there some sort of divine inter- intervention? And I know when I was going to church, they would people would say, like, asking God to change their hearts. And so, like, did that energy, that divine being, change you into suddenly being open-minded to this and suddenly making this massive shift? Like, how do we know? We're Not getting, to make this all we're religious, deep but... We're getting deep and we cr- haven't no, no, even had any vodka yet. What is that? That is crazy. Yeah. Imagine what happens after a few drinks. Well, let, why not? The perfect segue. So now that we're talking about rebelling and all this, shall we have some vodka? That's so also, a, that's also appropriate because I did not have a drink of alcohol until I was 22 years old. And, oh, wow. it, and it was straight up, that was a spiritual experience because we grew up thinking that if you drink alcohol, you're going to hell. Oh my so gosh. So I wow. was on a layover flying, uh, like flying back from a vacation or something like that at the Minneapolis St. Paul airport. And I remember just having this feeling where it's like, no, no, no. I learned, I figured out that it's it's not wrong to drink. Like I can have a drink. I'm of legal drinking age. Mm-hmm. So I just went into a Chili's, Chili's to go. <laughs> and I don't, I don't. But that was your first drink. I don't know shit about Stop. alcohol at all. So your first drink what do they mar- Chili's to go. What do they, mar- what do they <laughs> market at the, at, at the airport in Minneapolis? In- no. What, what do you drink? What does Chili's want you to drink? They want you to drink their uh, margaritas. Okay. Okay. Like their fruity, whatever. fruity, whatever. Well, you didn't I thought it was disgusting. <laughs> I didn't finish it. You're like, but this I is did. what alcohol is. I give up. I, no, no, no. No, I, I persevered. It was a spiritual I experience. Found, <laughs> I found my truth and my truth is vodka. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be oh, the quote for this episode. The, I know. That's, that's the shot right there. So to that point, <laughs> uh, Phil uh, just poured us some yeah. vodka and that's it also is, because of the title of your book. Yes. And it is gluten-free and vegan mm, love it so tell us about your book that so that we can cheers to it okay. yes let's cheers to the book so the title is vodka is vegan a manifesto for better living and not being an asshole i love that yeah. so much <laughs> that is so epic cheers to that yeah, this is cheers <laughs> not cheers being to that. an asshole vodka what... is vegan and don't be an a-hole <laughs> and i just have to say what I, I told matt and phil when they got here is when i first heard the title of the book i didn't realize it was their book 
And I was going through my emails and I saw, you know, hey, do you want to check out this book? And I'm like, I don't need a book about vodka. And I was like, I almost passed it up. And then I realized you had written it. And I, I looked at like the Amazon preview of it. And it's so much about your stories. Yeah. I mean, are there recipes in it? Like, are there like vodka recipes in the book? Are there? There are. I don't. No, I don't think there's there no vodka. I don't think there are. <laughs> no. You actually were confusing me because you're know. the wait, and there... he's looking, and I'm like, wait, are there? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's like the little we companion can add that. book, we can like add... a bonus book you get is some vodka. There are recipe. comprehensive grocery guides, simple weekly action plans for getting started, tips on how to stay vegan while traveling and socializing, finding vegan swaps for your favorite foods, and much more. Oh. Yeah, that is direct right. from your publisher to me. Love so it. no they vodka know... recipes, but no does vo- vodka come in as like a theme throughout the book? Or is that just the title? So we sort of... I'm so going to drink some vodka while you're talking. A big thing, I'm, I'm like a social change nerd, like the psychology of change and how to, change, how to, how to like change our behaviors. Because change, I mean, even just changing a simple behavior, it's not the easiest thing. Like I think as you practice it, you, you become better and better and better. You can change your habits. But the average person, even just changing a small behavior, I mean, it's, it's not easy. And one of the ways that, that people are successful at changing behaviors, and it's a big thing in marketing, it's called the foot in the door technique. So it's like rather than getting someone to like just go all in and just go vegan overnight, it's like getting them to maybe do something like meatless Mondays or, you know, just going vegan one day a week, one meal a week, you know, and whatever. It's going to be, I mean, the foot in the door technique is different. As when we're talking about this stuff, it's drastically different for every person because mm-hmm. everyone's coming at it from a different angle. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. each foot in the door technique is going to look a little bit different. But to us... This is the ultimate, the ultimate foot in the door technique. You don't even need to change a thing. Yeah. Just drink, do a shot of vodka and you're, <laughs> you're on your way to being vegan. And, 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 cool. and I, and like I think that. also it's like we're straight up like we've walked, we've kind of like had to walk. We've walked an interesting path, you know, with um, his background in, um, you know, the vegan advocacy world and, you know, also negotiating the mainstream. The, the book is really bridging the cultural divide. Mm-hmm. That's kind of kind of come up because veganism has been has been rising and people have been people have been changing, but there's still I feel like what we're doing with this book and, and I'm thinking through it as as we're talking because that's always happening. <laughs> really, what's happening is we. I I don't want to say this in a I don't mean this to sound arrogant. We feel like we have this very interesting understanding and viewpoint of the vegan world in the regular mainstream world. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing with this book is we're literally just oh, intersecting dude, the two that's and merging good. it. And we're, <laughs> You're like, I like, and that. We're, I like this. All right. We're bringing everyone that down. I mean, it's, <laughs> and, and, you know, our, our, our mission sounds cheesy as fuck because we literally want to bring the world together. But um, that's I mean, amazing. We need that. I mean, unity is such a needed thing right now because we have so much divide There's, and divide never, does yeah. nothing mm. but cause us pain and pull us apart and the more that you can bring them love, together. Love, I love the vibe here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Me too. This is good. Have you seen the movie Unity, by the way, the documentary? I oh, actually I, haven't. I haven't I seen saw, it. I loved it. I oh loved it. Oh my gosh. I wish that. So yeah. we, we were talking on another podcast episode about how impactful documentaries are. And, we, and Earthlings, oh, yeah. made by the oh, same director, been, is yeah. incredibly impactful. But I feel like Unity, the film, is a must-see and it is hard to see at times, but the message behind it is very similar to your book. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. It's about all bringing people together and the it. impact of that. I'm going to have to watch yeah, that tonight. Yeah. So I... It's intense. Let me tell you. It is, there it are is, images. Well, based on Earthlings, yeah. it could be a good vibe of what it could be. There's two moments in that movie, including the opening scene, if it's still the same as it was when I saw it years ago. 
there there are two scenes that were burned into my brain that were I think harder. I don't even remember things that happened in Earthlings, but from Unity, there's two moments in it that three actually now I think about it that were so intense. But I feel like how could you not watch that movie and and make a shift? And I, that's why it's huge. That's really interesting. That reminds me of um, we sort of like you know we we've given talks like we've done videos, we write blogs, and we're always trying to like unpack what's going on in the world, like what influences people, what impacts people. And what you're saying about how like there's a couple things in that movie that just are cemented in your mind. Yeah. We all have these different stories. Like, like you the know, leaflet. He's yeah, yeah, like he's got some stories of things that influenced him, the leaflet and some different videos that he saw. So straight up, like back in the day when he went vegan, I was like the anti-vegan, <laughs> like bacon screamer dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and was, I was the crazy vegan who was just and so stereotypical. That, I would have liked to you see apart. your videos at that time. Oh. <laughs> that would have been fun. <laughs> Were you like... That would have been crazy, yeah. You know, um, just completely in different places and like, could, oh, did you get along at that point? and Republican. Yeah. <laughs> oh, def- yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, you could definitely, so I, it's very polarized. At that point, very when, polarized. when I started going vegetarian, that's when I started questioning just everything. I think that was honestly like a catalyst for me, questioning mm-hmm. things because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, if I'm lied, if I'm lied to about this, yeah, am I lied to about else? anything else? Right. So I'm that's que- what happened to me. I got there yeah. later. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's later. like you question one thing and then you start thinking like, oh, what else is there? Yeah, yeah. then I become a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Oh, totally. over here. I know. And that's, but yeah. it's the path. It's a part of the path. Yeah. It's like when you're, you don't know what to believe and you're just, you're just thinking about things. And I think when you start to take stances hardcore on the other side, the others, you know, the other side that you came from, they start to feel threatened. For yep. sure. Because you're not, Naturally. now you're a different Naturally. person and you're not, you're not being understanding of them. You're just yes. like, you're, you're wrong. And I think, I don't even remember, don't even, I lost my train of thought of what the point was, but. Maybe well, it's the vodka. Cause I just, it just hit <laughs> it, me. I'm like, I feel been. good. <laughs> you kind of get a little warm, warm and tingly. And I know. Maybe I feel... let's have another, let's keep talking. <laughs> um, so people should join us while they're listening and have a shot of vodka. Oh, totally. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Every time we say it's gonna vegan, make more take sense. a shot. No, don't. You'll be <laughs> no. wasted. So, I could not handle anymore. So it was, it was straight up Clash of the Titans. Like mm-hmm. when we would both be home from college, like our mom would make dinner or something like that. There's accidental vegan stuff all the fucking yeah, time. Like right. everybody eats it, right? Yeah. Fucking spaghetti. spaghetti. Sure. Oreos, whatever. Yeah. So if our mom made spaghetti and just said, hey guys, here's the spaghetti, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. But if she brought it to the table and she said, hey, I made a vegan meal for Phil, I would literally get upset, yell at everybody, mm-hmm. and I would leave and go to Taco Bell. <laughs> yes. Which Taco Bell's the vegan angry. mecca, but I was... <laughs> I was not yeah. using. I was not using it for that. Right. Right. He, cre- he created the. He was. He was doing the fourth meal. The fourth meal before it was yeah. Before. I, no, I was. Yeah. I was. I mean, I was two hundred sixty-five pounds. Um, and which at, is crazy to me because I met you and I didn't know that much about your history. When I saw a before photo, I was like, "You are a different person," and that's so totally inspiring too. I mean, I was twenty. Wow. I was twenty, and I went. I had to do a. Ch- I had to do a physical mm-hmm. before I was going back to my year year of college. And the doctor said, you're pre-hypertension. You should think about blood pressure medication. And I was 20 years old. I was 20 years old. And what, did, what was your response? Like, okay. I laughed because I, was, I learned to be the funny fat kid. But that's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. Like that was a learned, that was a learned skill to try to cope. Because if you can yeah. make a joke, if you can make a joke before the kids can cut in with something yep. about you, that's yep. your chance that maybe we can just try to make this a good conversation that I can be a part of. And yes. We can have fun. Um, cause I, I remember being on the playground, uh, in third grade and I got called like fatso for the first time. So, uh, that's, that's just a crazy thing that, that 
you know, we've been thinking about a lot about our past. Mm-hmm. Part of it's just because this book is a culmination. Yeah. This book this for book. us is a culmination of everything in our life up until this point. Mm-hmm. And it's a launching of everything in our life into the future. Yeah. So it's a weird, it's a weird, amazing moment for a us. Reflection. I'm always, a lot of reflection. Yeah, the reflection, it's and like the book doesn't, it doesn't like we've gone, we've gone deep. We've gone deep as fuck since we've written the book. <laughs> but the book it sort of spawned like this awakening where it's like, you know, you try to run away from your past. You try to yeah. act like, Oh no, that's, that didn't happen. Like it didn't have this effect on me, but it's like the book, it's like we're writing this book to change the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're, if we're, if we're, if we're getting serious about changing the world, we need to fucking, it's like, we need to get serious. So yeah. we, you start to remember different things about your past and you're writing different stories. And before you know it, you're just like, Holy shit. Like we've been through, we've been through a lot. And we put ourselves in situations <laughs> to go through this because you know, I went to college in uh, Springfield, Missouri, in the buckle of the Bible Belt, in the middle of the Midwest. And when it came time to write this book, we knew this book is not for just a specific type of person. This book is for as as anybody who picks up this book and re- and I don't mean this from an arrogant standpoint, but anybody who picks up this book and reads it. Whether you, if you're, if you're one of those people who's like, I don't, I don't read books. Trust me, you're gonna read you'll end book. up, you'll end up just reading 40 pages, which yeah. is what a couple yeah. of our friends have done that don't read books ever. Yeah. Um, Are you going to do an audio? Is there an audio book version? It is. It? Yeah. We, did, you we did an audio book. We recorded it and it should yeah. be. Excellent. It, yeah, it, it, oh, right. Cause you said yeah. unaudible, right? It's unaudible. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. And they say that you write the book that you most need. Mm. So. So, dude, what is going on right now? Because literally, we're we're having this ongoing conversation about how, like, holy crap, who the fuck thought, like, we would, first of all, we would never write a book. I didn't didn't read a book until after high school. I got through AP English in high school and skirted by with Cliff's Notes. Are you kidding me? So, first of all, we wrote a book. Second of all, we're like, holy shit. We're, it's the it's it's the thing in our life right now that we're the most proud of. Yeah, we actually and, we love we actually love our book. Yeah, it's like it's crazy. So I mean, it has to actually love baby. your own book. I yeah. hope you would love your own book. Yeah. <laughs> so so really, we got to this point where like we're writing it for everyone. Yeah. yeah. But who's it for? Who's it feeling? It's healing. it's for us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it is for everyone. But holy shit, I didn't realize that it was for us. So mm-hmm. I mean. I've, I've already gotten to this point where like we want it to be this massive success. Like we're excited to see who it reaches sure. for any, any person, any person who just wants to take a look. But before it even comes out, it's done more. It's done more for us mm, than beautiful. I could have ever even thought. So it's, it's just like, a weird. Wow. It's like the emotional healing component, mm. along with you went vegan and you lost weight and you were changing your diet. The physical healing component. It's like you got this. Vodka mm-hmm. is vegan. Yay! I love that. By the way. But then you're like, okay, this is the emotional healing of it. And when you write, mm. there's so much healing in that. So you're, as you're healing others who are going to read it, you're also healing yourself through that journey of writing. Well, because you're working that's on, good. what, that's two good. books, Allison? Yeah, a little and bit. So you know, you know. You know, you know. You've been, have, have you experienced <laughs> that for yourself, too? Oh, 100%. I'm, like, writing about something, and I have a memory come to me, and I write about it, and I'm, like, crying. Oh, yeah. Like, Where's <laughs> the vodka? But, <laughs> but I'm remembering something that, I can now heal on work, work on myself and heal. And also that story has the power to heal others. Mm. Yes. Oh, totally. You know? Yeah. yeah. Reading are... transformational stories. I feel like it's a way that, you know, it's kind of entertaining, right? To like 
read a little story about someone and then like the lessons that you like it's like the alchemist you read that story mm-hmm. and and it's like you're following their the journey through change and all of the things that happen along the way it's like it hits us on a deep level that is really deeply embedded in the human psyche of just wanting to see somebody go through changes and come out on the other side a, a, a you know a greater person Oh, totally. Yes. And, 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 <laughs> yes. no. That's the, so, I can't the ability, wait to read it. I mean, the ability, the ability to like, we, we know as humans, some, some of us just haven't processed it yet, but the, like the people who we look to, who, who we tend to be influenced and inspired by and moved by are people who have been through some of the most fucked up shit right. in the entire world that no one can fathom, yes. but they've been there and yeah. they're here and yes. they can talk to you about it. Yeah. And that's just like, that's like Jesus being right, right there. <laughs> I don't know if Jesus was ever a real person. He might have been, but yeah. like I know, like the stories of Jesus. Like if that dude's sitting next to me, like I'm listening. Yeah, exactly. Holy crap! Have you read or uh, or listened to the audiobook of Man's Search for Meaning, the Viktor Frankl? Oh, dude, yes. I love right? that book. That's like I, I kept shit. hearing people recently. Have you read it, dude? It's yeah. it's like one of the top recommended you know books for personal development, and I finally listened to it couple months ago and it's so amazing and and it's that perfect example of this man he's in Auschwitz writing about his experience there and how you know people are dying all around it's like one of the most horrific things and yet he realized that if you have meaning and purpose in your life you can virtually survive anything at least mentally and so it's those type of stories of like wow like like you were saying somebody going through a really bad experience or a less a, a different type of example is eat pray love elizabeth gilbert mm-hmm. i love i follow her on instagram and i'm like i feel connected to her because i read her story and i'm like i know what she's been through and she's i trust her now which is something really powerful for you as authors is when people know your story and what you've overcome you create a level of trust which is then they trust all the other information that you're putting out there so it's also a big responsibility. I don't know if you guys are fully prepared for that. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, I mean, life's coming at no you no pressure. matter. Life's coming at you no matter what. I feel like yeah. you just gotta, you'll figure it out. We, we'll, you know, we'll figure it we out. We are now. the most. We have the most clarity, the most confusion, and we're the most relaxed we've ever been in our entire lives. Mm. Uh, right now. And we have a book that's about to come out that we're very hopeful it's about. It's coming out today. It's come, dude, yeah. we're so excited I about mean, it. I mean, you can go get the I, book it's right out. now. It's out. You can get it it's right out. now. It's out. It's out. I mean, how many people... And how amazing that... I can't wait for you to read it, by Somebody the way. could go Everybody. to Audible and instantly get it, or they can go to some place like Amazon and get an ebook and literally read it right now. Oh. We're in such a great time. It's crazy. The, yes. How easy the it access, is. The you access to You don't have to go to a bookstore or wait for it to be mailed. If you have a digital device, you get the book on demand. Holy crap. It's so crazy. Cool. It is crazy. Yeah. What a world. What a world. Like it's people so, in the past, they so can't even easy. fathom. Over, over, it's the, so the, easy <laughs> to just live in this world. And <laughs> there's know. a microphone in front of me. That's like going, yeah. you know, it's, you know, a bunch of people are going to hear this. And right. simultaneously, like, all this stuff's happening. And we just, yeah, like, they could order the food that you recommend. I mean, that's the other cool thing. Like when people say, well, I don't sure. have vegan food near me. It's like, you can go on Amazon or, or like all these other websites like iHerb or any delivery yeah. and you'll have Thrive, yeah, Thrive yeah. Market's another great one and you can order it and it'll be there in a matter of days or yeah. sometimes hours depending on how you order it. It's amazing. So they could just, is, are there grocery lists in your book? Or yeah, uh, grocery lists, grocery lists of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean we, have a four, like, we have a 14 week, we include a 14 week plan and I get, almost guarantee that our plan is done in a way that, it's done in a way that we haven't, we haven't really seen 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's a mixture of it's a mixture of diet, the psychology of change and Tony Robbins. I mean, it's right, th- yeah. th- that's that chapter is really that vibe. It's a very yeah, so, empowering. Fourteen so weeks, not fourteen days. Yeah, right. no, four, yeah, wow. it, because it's, it, it, it goes weeks? with what he was saying earlier well, about the psychology of change. Oh. Um, and, and, and it's we don't we don't. It's not like this black and white. Like you have to do you it our to way do it, or, right. or whatever. It's like we we say like if you want to go vegan overnight, like you know that's up that's up to you. You can do that. It's just I've interacted with so many people who they've gone vegan overnight, and then you know fast forward two weeks, two months, whatever. And they're not vegan anymore. Mm-hmm. That's something we can. That's so something we take that into consideration, and also, you know, it's like making change as easy as possible. So we sort of have we sort of have like a recommended plan where we just we ease people into it, and we sort of we sort of recommend it's like when you go when you're going to the grocery store, buy what you on your next next trip. Buy what you normally buy, but so maybe we don't. Throw in. We don't recommend reduction, reducing yeah. something in your cart right off the bat. Right, it, it's like yeah, add like you know, a package of Beyond Burgers and a few, yeah. couple different products from Gardein. Can we pause for a second just to say how amazing Beyond Burgers are? Oh my god, so dude! Good. Beyond Meat, dude. Well, I now know. I can't have any other veggie burger because it's just a disappointment. Same. It's, crazy. it's amazing. Same. Dude, the cra- it, that holy is crap! Dude, think about that. It's, it's insane, insane like dude. TGI Fridays. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. I know it's and it, there's Maybe also it's the, the chilies too, or what was it? Chilies. Oh, yeah, oh, it's yeah, like yeah, if, well, if chilies take out. If well, a if, place if, doesn't have the Beyond Burger, they'll have the Impossible Burger right now, and it's like we are in this incredible time where. It's you just crazy. get that Beyond Meat Burger and you could, some people are completely fooled. I've I know. I've seen so many oh, yeah. videos yeah. of people being fooled because they think it's meat. Yeah. And knowing you can go to the grocery store or order it online and have almost the exact same experience. And you've even gotten, we've even got Tyson Foods, yep. which is like one of the biggest meat producers in the world. They're investing in. So let's in talk about, yeah. we were talking about this in the car. So Tyson Foods, back in the day, working with some of the, you know, animal advocacy groups were yeah, so literally. I, I lived out of a car for four years, sleeping on a people, you know, a new, a stranger's floor every night. He rose through the ranks. He he started as a volunteer, like literally living out of his car. Were you an undercover investigator? I thought about it, okay. but I did. Uh, I thought you were going to so say I, actually, I thought I was. You know, <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? So I handed out. I actually. So I I went vegan, or the you know, it started from a leaflet. I handed out probably like over two hundred thousand leaflets around the country on college okay. campuses uh-huh. starting out volunteering. Then eventually I, I, I got a job with vegan outreach, then moved to mercy for animals where I became the uh, national campaign coordinator where I organized protests all over the country, probably organized, you know, 300 protests or something wow. and did like probably like 600 media interviews or something crazy like that. Um, yeah. So that was a crazy experience. I mean, and that's, I mean, to me, that's, to me, I think a lot of people don't realize like how inspirational that is. Like, yeah. if you think about it, like, and this is this is the upside of, of some of some of the stuff we were left with from our upbringing. This is this is us. Like, we don't kind of get involved. You're all in. Mm-hmm. We're all in. Like mm-hmm. when we when we get into something, and I mean, if at some point we'll talk more about the different stuff that that we've been into because straight up, like when we get into something, we get into it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is this why some people consider you guys polarizing? Where I right now I'm looking at you thinking you guys are full of so much energy and love and Kindness. spreading all of this beautiful awareness to people. But why are you considered polarizing? Let's just focus on that. Yeah, yeah. 
But I think it's good to be polarizing because that really draws out passion from people. So sometimes when somebody doesn't like you, it's like they're still kind of curious about you. Oh, totally. And it's a reflection of something unresolved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so just because someone doesn't enjoy you or agree with you right now, as you pointed out with just the two of you, you show how that can shift. And I think... Sometimes I wish I was more polarizing because that's not something that's natural for me, I don't think. I, I've always been kind of that like, in, you know, that grounded or like I want to be fair and balanced and a kind of more like shy about being really strong about things. And I think there's a place for that. But I also really enjoy people that are like, no, this is what we believe and me we're too. not shaking. And like, you know, I don't care if you agree with us or not. I think that's really admirable. It's really interesting. Um, I, I think one, you know, one of the interesting things we've kind of been talking about a little bit, just with the book coming out, is there's there's already been a very interesting dichotomy that's shown up for us, and it's humorous to us because in many ways we're actually wondering too. And one of those is just seeing how, like, um, you know, just recently the Independent, which is like this big you know news agency in the UK, they just ran a feature on on the book and, mm. and on us and. It's it insane. was. It's like. I mean, oh, I love it. Yeah. it's amazing. Awesome. We do love it. It's a journalistic masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> but on you know, and so there, it's glowing praise for veganism and the way that we're presenting it. So it I'm not saying it. They are. basically say like it's like vodka's vegan is the antithesis to the evangelical way that vegans have always done polarized. Things. Mm. Yeah, like, po- turn you know, people how off vegan, and stuff like vegan, that. You know, stereotypical. So they're saying vegans, you're not polarizing. The so, mainstream. We're not polarizing to the mainstream. Vegans. Vegans don't. There's a segment of vegans who don't like us. The Mm. mainstream, they love the shit out of us. (laughs) But let's be honest. There's a lot of judgment in veganism. Oh, there's a lot of judgment. That's where the judgment. That's where the polarization is at. Yeah, we want to act like, oh, it's vegans against the rest of the world. Oftentimes, it's vegans against vegans. Yeah. Yeah. And they give it a bad name. Very frequently. I call myself vegan. I just say I'm plant-based or plant-powered. In the book, we literally tell people to feel empowered by whatever they want to call themselves or not call themselves. It's like, dude. It doesn't matter. I mean, literally, people people have tried to, I don't know, come at us and call us like, Plant-based, plant-based you're not vegan, you're plant-based. I'm like, I don't even I know what that a means, shit. dude. What are you talking about? I know. It's so <laughs> interesting. Awesome but it just also goes to show that we're all human and that, you know, everybody, ha- or many people, I should say, want to put labels on things right. and feel very attached to their way of thinking. And so if somebody thinks or acts very differently, it's scary, it's threatening. That's and a good it's point. like, let's just argue about it. It's almost That's like what point. you were saying about being overweight as a kid and your defense mechanism was to make fun of yourself before other people could do that it's almost like we look for ways to shield ourselves from the things that we fear and so vegans are often like well that that person if if they think we can eat honey if it's okay to be vegan and eat honey then that questions my belief about honey and and that's not okay so now i want to prove that person wrong oh totally i mean what do we know what do we know about when i mean the reality is, is when you can step back a little bit and kind of learn a little bit about yourself and learn a little about about others, the more viscerally upset that somebody is, the more the more that they are screaming and yelling, the more they are saying, "This is what's going on inside of me right now." Exactly, mm-hmm. so true. And the more insecure, it's like they're insecure about you know their beliefs and what they think, and it's like the more confident you are, the more laid back you are, and the more it's just mm-hmm. like you know if you're eating meat. Like, it's like, you know, obviously I don't want people to eat meat because you're supporting animal abuse and, you know, that's... I don't obviously like that. that's fucked up, so don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's, that's the vibe. It's like, it's yeah. like, it's like it's you're, I'm laid back because I know you are you don't support that eat. Like, most people, like, vegans want to turn this into, like, it's an us versus them. Like, yes. vegans right. versus meat yes. eaters. And it's like, 
when I was a meat eater, I wasn't a bad person. No, and it's not I... like I didn't like animals and I wanted to like slaughter them and all this stuff. It's just like I didn't know what was going on. Everyone around me is eating meat. I had no idea. You know, exactly. Yeah. And it's like there's a lot of social you know mm-hmm. dynamics there. And it's like I mean, it's complicated. It's literally it's very complicated, complicated as fuck. And people just want to paint a very simple black and white picture. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way life unfolds for anyone. And Have we... you read the book Beyond Beliefs by Melanie Joy? I have not. It, I have not read that. I one think yet. you too, and and any listener that's enjoying this conversation, I feel like it's it's a book that needs to be a must read because it's all about how vegans, Sounds vegetarians, and and non veg or meat eaters, whatever you want to call them, uh, how can communicate properly. It is one of the most eloquent, helpful books about this subject matter because it, it shows you how to understand each other. Yeah, and you, it's oh, written totally. by a vegan, but that's sweet. there are times in the book where you're like, wow, she is so compassionate towards meat eaters. And it's beautiful. I like it it already. You too. I think you would love that book. Oh, dude, it sounds awesome. And dude, that's to to me. That's the key. You want someone to go vegan? Get inside their head and understand where they're coming from. When you understand, don't try to get them to understand you. You have to understand them. When you understand them, Mm -hmm. you know what you need to say. You inevitably, you just know what you need to say to get them to change. And it's not because you're trying to get them to change. It's just because you understand them Mm -hmm. and you're being understanding. When you are being understanding. The other person, they, they appreciate that and they, yeah. they'll listen to what you have to say and they're like, oh, fuck, I agree with you. And it might not be on your own timeline. That's yeah. one of the, been, one of exactly. the biggest lessons. Exactly. There's often like from vegans, I feel like feel this pressure like you, I got to try to change you as fast as I possibly can. But right. but I know people that it's it can take them a year or years after you started the conversation to really it's, decide to make that change. It's very interesting. We... Oftentimes, like one of the things that you'll kind of get the vibe of in our book is we have, we have developed a pretty nuanced, it's a, it's an effortless part of our life, but it's very nuanced because we kind of see what we're, we've analyzed what we're doing. And mm-hmm. one of the very interesting things is right now, literally over the past few weeks, we've had friends in our lives who have been friends with us for years. And many of them are people who were not vegan, maybe weren't really down with it. We're like, we're dude, we're friends. It's all mm-hmm. good. Like, and and mm-hmm. and trust us. Like, we're not, we're not talking about it that much. We're just being friends. We're being friends with them. Sure. Those motherfuckers are basically like all fucking dropping like flies right now. <laughs> and I mean that in you a respect. What? I mean, they're, they're all going, going vegan. Going vegan. <laughs> they're all oh, going vegan. Oh, I was like, are they so dying? We're like, talking. Like, <laughs> I mean, like we're straight up. We're straight up talking. Like, you want to talk about patience? We're talking like eight, nine, ten, maybe even more years. But mm-hmm. but it's also like the entire, yeah. every step of the way, we knew. Like, we knew. We knew. We, you're going you're gonna to go vegan. Like, that's that's the vibe. Like, like yeah. And That's and the confidence. It's, it's, the, the confidence. it's the opposite of that insecurity. It's the confidence coming out. And, and part of that comes from this, straight up, this is just, this is internal, an internal reality for both of us. We know. Mm-hmm. We were the dudes that you said will never change. Yeah. We're here talking to you guys about our book, book. <laughs> about changing the world and, and everyone kind of like examining, giving a, a new look at veganism. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, no, it's, it's not true inside of everyone's heart. That's been covered up and clouded by our upbringings, like different things in society, different things in religion, different things in politics, different things from our parents and their grandparents. Those have not taken us closer to the truth. Those have taken us further away from ourselves. Yep. Yep. And so, dude, it's not my place to tell anyone, hey, man, you need to get in touch with yourself right fucking now. And I know exactly what you need to do to do it. Because if you would have told me what I had to go through to get to where I'm at right now. I, already, I did yeah. that. It didn't work. <laughs> I already tried it. I already tried it. I would just yell. But this really informs something that we've been talking about recently, which is 
straight up, our, our background, our religious upbringing informs so much of the way we understand things today. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for the first time in my life, which is a weird, which is weird, I, under, I feel like I understand the, the concept of grace. Mm-hmm. And I heard... What does that mean for you? What's your definition of grace? I heard someone say it, so I can't take credit for it. I want to say it could have been Rob Bell, but I'm yeah, not certain who's, who's amazing. Yeah. Um, his, awesome. his book... His book, What is the Bible? Oh, dude, that's uh, an amazing book. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> Everything. It, his podcast. It, you're right. <laughs> so good. His, his book, What is the Bible, um, that was actually recommended to us by our friends, our, our, our parents' pastor, who we're good friends with, even though we're not sure where we stand. This dude's just like, hey, let's go. When we're in town visiting our parents, he's like, hey, guys, let's go grab a drink. And like we're friends and he inspires us and we inspire him. And he's made moves toward going vegan too. That's mm. another thing. It's, cra- it's crazy. <laughs> but um, he, gave, he recommended that book. When I read it, it sort of, it allowed me, it allowed me to not have to be an atheist or mm-hmm. a religious person. It mm-hmm. allowed me the freedom to just figure out life. Yes. Yeah. It was interesting <laughs> when I, I read one of his books. I forget which. I know the cover was red, but I can't remember what. Oh, that's probably Love Wins. That could Probably. be Love Wins. But he's, yeah. got, he's got several at this I point that are, that are all really good. Velvet getting, Elvis, Love Wins. You know, I think it was probably Love Wins. And I, I remember I was so excited about it. And I read it. I listened to it on a road trip. And I was seeing some people I went to church with. And I was like, oh, I just listened to this great book. And it's really helping me understand, like, my Christianity. And I'll never forget that that person from my church was like, oh, well, Rob Bell, you know, he's oh, pretty corrupt. Yeah. Oh, that's, and she yeah, was yeah, trying yeah. to tell me not to listen to him. And yeah. I was like, oh, I thought I was, that's, like, elevating my yeah. mindset around God and this helping me understand. And so it is interesting how, you know, there's just some people that are so attached to it a certain way. If we all have a different relationship with food and lifestyle and religion and spirituality whatever it is and and then there are people that come along and say oh that way that's working for you isn't the right way yeah. and then it becomes so confusing oh totally yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and yeah. i think that's what happens <laughs> yeah. with veganism no one can too tell anyone what the right way is right for anyone. <laughs> I know. Right. No. if you're yeah. preaching your way is the only way get out of my face to me straight up yeah that's like the only type of person where it's like okay i need to like I can be, maybe I can be around you sometimes, but it's like, Goodbye. I need to, that's, that's like, that's negative. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, fig- I'm figuring out. out life. I can't be just have that be bombarding. Right. You know, right. On that note, head. within veganism, you know, there's things like the impossible burger. A lot of vegans are, are not oh into God. it because they say it's, it's cruel. The animal testing, is yeah. that what it is? And then, yeah. you know, there's what, rest, what's restaurant. Wrong with that? Well, that, that's what I mean. Is there anything wrong with it or is it just that they're not a perfect company and thus if they're not 100% vegan by every standard, is it bad well, to eat the impossible I mean, just look, I mean, just, just like, look at this. So so I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I don't know everything about everything about this. No, who but, does? But <laughs> what's not important. What do, yeah. I, what do I know? Yeah. I know that Richard Branson, Bill Gates, yeah. like those motherfuckers are like investing millions and billions of and, dollars into this industry mm-hmm. and specifically it's being carried at like i think it's like white castle oh, and like yeah. all these different restaurants yep. so we have to think about like what is going on here and this is not this is not a slight at anyone but it's just i'm thinking about it what you know what are you What's when your you're goal? when you're when you're you know publicly i don't know maybe uh, boycotting or trying yeah, to yeah, tear yeah. down this company, company. <laughs> what's the goal Right. What is the goal? Is the goal for you to be right. is the goal for you to let everyone know that you know the exact definition mm. of vegan and you know every ingredient that you're not supposed to eat. Right. Is that the goal? Because I grew up with that mm-hmm. and that's called legalistic and there is no grace and it was pure judgment. And yeah. if you're not on my side, you're on the other side. Right. And that did not. All I'm saying 
is or, that ruined my life? Yeah, that and it's causes like or, rebellion. Yeah, yeah. and, and then like, it, or, cause, it, it turns people away because if you if someone came up to you and they go, "Hey, I'm trying out this vegan thing. I've been all vegan and I've been eating the Impossible Burger. It's delicious." And someone said to that person, "Oh, well, you're not vegan if you oh eat the Impossible God, Burger." Oh my God, it's insane. It's like when that person that, said to me, "Oh, mm. well, you're not Christian if you're into Holy Rob Bell. Shit. It's the wrong yeah. type of Christianity, okay, str- right?" Straight up, that you yeah. hit the nail on the head. Like there are yeah. similarities to the hyper. This is what I was kind of trying to get to. The hyper, hyper, hyper Christians, like the way yeah. we grew up, mm-hmm. and the hyper, hyper, hyper vegans, yes. like the way I I used to be when I went. Started, you know, yeah. I and went to we the other also side. know that that stings for Me- for some yeah. of the, for some of those vegans because yeah, they actually they don't, they ironically don't they hate religion. <laughs> but it's like there's there there are similarities, and yep. it's like you have to ask yourself like what is yeah what is your goal your like goal? the Impossible Burger? That's one of the like we only talk about a few companies in our book. Yeah. And there's one chapter, I think it's like, I think it's on the future of food or I forget which chapter. Follow it was. the billions or the future of food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we talk about the impossible burger and it's because of the impact that it's having for animals. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> where, where is most of the animal abuse coming from? Mm-hmm. 98 good. to 99% of animal abuse that happens in the country comes from, comes in food production. If you add up every other industry combined, animal testing, fur, you know, Leather, you know, whatever, you know, there's all these different industries. You add every single one of them up. It only amounts to one to 2% of animal cruelty. Really? Farm, farm animals, that's where animal abuse is happening. That's yeah. that. They it's are dealing, doing more. It's dealing with it head on. And, that's and, and they're beating. They are just winning. Like beyond mm-hmm. meat and possible foods are just literally, they're demolishing. When they get like, you know, beyond meat's the one that's in the grocery stores right now. Mm-hmm. When they get in the grocery store, in the meat section, they outsell yeah. fucking yeah. burgers. Yeah. Yeah. They outsell cow burgers. It's like, unbelievable. Holy crap. It looks like we live in amazing times. It really is. Yes, and this Beyond Sausage just recently oh, came out. Oh, dude, it's so good. Like, it is so good. I, You know, when Beyond Meat first came out, I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, they had the chicken and like the beef crumbles, mm. but I wasn't like that into it. But when they released that Beyond Burger and then the sausage, I was like, truly revolutionary and this is not just meant to be a plug for them because there's so many examples like in front of us on the table we've got miyoko's cheese which Mm -hmm. is revolutionized cheese and chow cheese by field roast and these things where you look at it you could walk in the room and think that was just dairy-based cheese oh people have no idea i always you know i host all the parties and people come over and they eat all my vegan cheese have no idea it's vegan and then they ask me oh what kind of cheese is this and as soon as i tell them they're like oh my god i would have had no idea (laughs) i love it so good they just assume it would be disgusting but then i show them a new way yeah yeah it's it's crazy because it it, you know it's true there was a point not too terribly long ago right and i wasn't one of the ogs so i didn't experience it but like we have friends who, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, like you're like, what were they? They're like mail ordering tofu yeah. and like yeah. powdered yeah. milk powder. and stuff like that. Right. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I, like when I went vegan, living in the same, the same world, <laughs> that's crazy. In 2003 was when I went vegan and I literally thought I would never eat pizza again because there was a couple vegan cheeses. They, I thought they all tasted disgusting and they didn't melt. Nothing worked. And I was like, I guess I'm just never having pizza again. Like, <laughs> you know, 15 yeah. years, that huge shift that can happen. And that's the thing is, you know, I, I understand why people are against the Impossible Burger. You know, who wants to support animal cruelty? Yeah. Can you and tell me why? I still don't know why. I don't even know that. There's two things. There's two things. It also they also use GMOs, and so there's like I'm not super comfortable, and it's gluten, whatever. So for me personally, as as Whitney, 
I I don't want to eat GMOs. I don't want to support animal cruelty, and I don't want in the Beyond Burger or in their other products. No, in Impossible. Okay, in Impossible Burger. So I personally want to eat the Beyond Burger, but I'm not going out and shaming anybody who chooses to eat the Impossible that works for them and their lifestyle. That's better than eating a factory farmed animal, right? Oh, totally. That's the important. That's the important. It's a million times better. (laughs) And also, like I think that's a very good point. That's a very good point because we all have diet. Like I have a like I have a nut allergy. Like we all have different things we want to eat or are comfortable eating. I don't go up to everybody who's never who's not vegan and knows nothing about it when they're eating Miyoko's cheese. I'm like, dude, that's fucked up because I can't eat it. You know what I mean? Like, um, so you know, it's it's like I'm not gonna trash progress just because it doesn't fit me exactly. Um, potentially, I think it comes back to this idea because we're talking about a lot of this like back and forth. I mean, I view it as it's fake sides. I don't think that there are any sides that are actually legitimately real. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's all an illusion. Yes. And, you know, people Agreed. can think I'm full of shit. And then they could say, sometimes. you could say, How like, do I'm we not- even know. Like, the, even the Bible was, that was written by a per- someone I'm, wrote it down. Like, there, right. is there anything in our lives that human beings didn't interfere with? And how do we... You know, then oh, there's totally. the whole like flat earth conspiracy. And I think about that and I'm like, how do we know that, you know, <laughs> well, like so many things in our lives could be made up. We talk and, about, we get into the facts in detail in our yeah. book, actually. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but I mean. We go all into flat earth. Yeah, it's just, just fascinating. So, like all these different perspectives, most of them come down to human beings being absolutely. involved. And there's always room for error when yeah. human beings and are And you got to be open. Like, why not be <laughs> open to like, you're hearing something for the first time, like, Oh, I've never heard it before. I'm going to listen to what, 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 they're, what they're saying. It's like, I don't need to be sold to my point of view about anything. Yes. I think this comes back to the foundation that, that we found and we've been talking about it lately is the idea of grace. No, well, 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 what, is your def- what is your definition of grace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically the idea, like we grew up with all of this like extreme judgment, right? It's like, you have to be on this side. If you're not on this side, you're on the bad side and you're going to hell. Grace is basically the gift you give to somebody else of saying like, I want you to understand that you don't have to do anything to feel accepted by me right now. You don't have to do anything. And what does that do? When you do that, there's this magical thing that I can't explain that expands you and makes you feel inspired to Mm -hmm. become the best version of yourself. Yes. It's like unconditional love. That's some Jesus shit right there. (laughs) (laughs) Which is It came back. It worked out. Can you turn wine and water into wine? We're working on it. But I mean, in a way, if you look at it, like since we've been talking about religion so much, like like when I said that thing about God changing your heart or, you know, divine spirit, what universe, whatever your definition is of that, if you believe in a higher power, is that maybe that's the whole point. Because if that helps you come back to understanding religion or Jesus or whoever, then you don't have to go in that specific direction that your church was trying to force you into if that didn't work for you. You know, and so oh, totally. if that if that if understanding grace from all of these things that you've been doing over the years helps you understand like what Jesus was trying to say, how amazing! Well, it, no, it is amazing. I mean, and it's crazy. Like I think that's just a recent thing that we've really come to is this full circle thing. Like yeah. I was one credit shy of like majoring in theology. Straight up, I was on the path to be like a you know youth pastor or yeah. something like that. You know, if if I would have followed through with it, I just didn't do the last semester of Greek because I was like, eh, I'm not going to do this stuff anyways. Might as well not finish it. <laughs> but I mean, it's come full circle because it informs uh, this crazy thing that we thought was part of our past mm-hmm. informs everything about the way we want to live and that we want to encourage others to live now. And it's based, it's built on, you know, everyone thinks this is the cultural divide. Everyone thinks that. If you're vegan and you're not vegan, this person wants you 
to change. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're just saying like, dude, I never thought I would be here right now. And honestly, I could have been dead by the time I was like 25 because of the way I was living in the past. And I just want to let you know that like, I'm on a journey and I figured out some weird shit and I know you're on a journey too. We just want to walk with you on the journey a little bit. If there's yes. anything we can do to help, if there's any questions you have, if you just want to joke around, if we just want to have fun, have a couple drinks, that's cool too. Like we're just all figuring out life. Yeah. And, it's like, and, and when you stop, it's like when you stop resenting your past or you stop getting upset at your past and sometimes you exhibit resentment at your past by getting upset at other people. So like, yeah. you know, we escaped our, you know, our religious upbringing and so our reaction to it was to get upset at, at those people. But it's like, I know those people. I understand those people because I, I am, you know, I am those people. Mm -hmm. That's deep. Now, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and when you get to this point where you're like, okay, I don't need to be upset with them because I know, I know them. I know that like I was a good person when I was doing that stuff. Yeah. When I was like, when we hated vegans and when we, you know, thought that they were, that they were bad people that were going to hell. Like I wasn't a bad person when I was, when I was doing that. Right. I thought that I was doing the right thing. Yeah. So now that I stopped resenting my past and we, we both stopped resenting our past, it's like, we can look at those people. We can be like, I know exactly what's going on in your head. I understand you. And, you know, I don't hate you because, you know, I believe that you're a good person. And also it's like, I know that you're opposed to animal abuse. Even, even those people, even those people, you're opposed to animal abuse and you don't want to support this shit that's going on to animals. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you, you know understand it. that, you can yeah. inspire those people. And, and it's like, we know that as this like just hard truth that's inside of us. So that's how we live. We live our lives exuding that truth that we know because of what we've been through and we don't feel the need to try to convince or try to pull in or shame or, or anything like that because everything is going to unfold in the way that it's supposed to. And then to get to the more, you know, the more surfacey mainstream stuff that anyone, I mean, anyone can get down with this shit, but I mean, come on, dude, you can get yeah. down with this. Like we're yeah. just kind of, we're just, we're just talking. If but like, if you're still listening, if they're, still, they're down. If you're still listening, also, um, <laughs> NBA athletes, NFL athletes, celebrities yeah. like, you know, Ellen, uh, Miley, Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce yeah. Jay-Z, like, I mean, straight up, like, and then entrepreneurs, like yeah. they're all doing it. They're funding they're it. Funding like, it yeah. like if you go to Silicon, if you go to Silicon, it's Silicon, right? Somebody yeah. was somebody corrected me the other day. Yeah, it's silicone. I think it's silicone. What did you yeah. used to Silic say? I think I said silicone. <laughs> silicone Valley. I definitely need to. I need to I dial that down that. before I go there. <laughs> well, but we don't. We technically live in Silicon Beach in LA, so yeah. you're already oh, yeah. here. You're already here. <laughs> Sorry. Time to dial it in. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's one of these things where like everyone feels it, and yeah. you know, we can go like we 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 wrote part of the book in the heart of the Midwest, in Springfield, Missouri. We went there two, year, two years ago, mm -hmm. um, coming up on two years ago. And people sometimes on the coast refer to as like the flyover country. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people in flyover country, mm -hmm. and that's us. We're flyover country. So yeah, we don't wanna, we don't wanna just surround ourselves with other vegans or with other people that are on the same wavelength. Like, like we wanna be around the world mm -hmm. and the people we're trying to reach. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah, Springfield, Missouri, that was where And, and where I mean, straight that. up, like we see, we went vegan in, we went vegan in a small town. Mm -hmm. And it was, and straight up, it was easy for us. Yeah. Like, it's you know, that was that like eight, eight years ago. I mean, it was, it was easy. I could walk to the grocery store and still eat. Now, yep. you know, given there's way more options yeah. now. Yeah. But I mean, even at that point, I think he had, he had kind of, part of it's the preparation. He prepped me for an easy transition. And that's, Aww. we are trying to bypass, we're, we're bypassing all the negative stuff that can get flooded into someone's mind with this book mm -hmm. straight up dude like you are you are gonna know how easy it is it's gonna be an effortless part of your life and before you know it you're gonna be on the same lines as our friends who are 
investment bankers, military, police officers, stay-at-home moms, hunters, former butchers. Like, it's a cross-section of society at this point. It literally, it's no longer that thing where you can be like, oh, there's the vegan. I mean, obviously, <laughs> there is that vegan still, yeah. and we love them, right? Like, yeah. they're they're great. They've been, ahead, they've been ahead of their time. But now when you look at a group of people, you have no fucking idea. It's like, pro- it's probably like all of them, honestly. Well, it's like, a, <laughs> a, you know, there's that festival in LA, Eat, Drink, Vegan, and you go to that, some of these events in Los Angeles, or even around the country festivals, around the world, festivals and uh, various events, and, and even restaurants. Just because it's a vegan event, restaurant, whatever, that doesn't mean that everyone there is vegan. And it's, it, we, we're at a point where you can't even tell at these events and restaurants who is vegan and who isn't. And mm, chances totally. are huge. a majority of the people that are there, at, even at a festival that has the word vegan in it, oh, totally. the majority of the people are usually not vegan. It's a beautiful time. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, so you can't amazing. point them out. Right. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Vegan, vegan is now, it's now cool to yeah. be vegan. Yeah. And it's a cross-section of society. Like, it's appealing. Oh, totally. It's appealing. It's totally hip. It's totally yeah, it's hip. It's hip. Like you're now, it's like, dude, straight up, like I've been, you know, I stopped eating meat 14 years ago. I've been vegan 11 years. When you tell that to someone, there's power. Yeah. You're, there's They're power like, associated shit. with that. Yeah. I've been doing this yeah. shit. Yeah. You thought it was weird all those years. Now it's, now it's cool. We're no longer I've, the I've been doing it, yeah. And the outcasts. Yeah. yeah. There's power associated with it. And there's an exponential amplification of that truth. That's why when we make jokes and talk about like, we jokingly say vegan world domination and stuff like that. But I mean, we say it in a very friendly way, tongue in cheek, but we're also dead serious. I love it. At the same time. And it exponentially keeps growing because... Mm-hmm. There's no longer a lot of people who feel weird, who feel secluded, because when you feel weird and you feel secluded and you feel inferior and you feel insecure, you project that out to the world and it makes the line bigger. Now we're at a point where people, when they come into this, they're coming in because it's not about sacrifice. It's about living more fully. Mm -hmm. It's about abundance. It's about feeling better about yourself. It's about feeling better about the fucked up shit that you're not participating in anymore. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is literally just change a couple things on your plate and then you're like the fucking savior of the world. And I mean that in a very serious way. And you're joining celebrities. You're joining professional athletes. You're joining just like... You're joining a fucking big party. A movement, and vodka yeah. is served at this fucking party. <laughs> and it's amazing. Yes, and wine, vegan wine. What else? Al- Al- Allison loves all these different... We're both like passionate about well, I'm a cocktails. Wino. Wino. I was really going to say, like, that's wine. a wino, right? Yeah. Right. What would, I'm self-proclaimed. If you're passionate wino. about cocktails, is there a term for like a cocktail lover like me? There should be. We should write should our be own dirty. book. Because <laughs> <laughs> I... I love it. <laughs> but really, so like, there, there's a restaurant right up the street from Allison called Gracias Madre in LA mm. and they oh, serve some amazing. of the best vegan mm. drinks I've ever yeah. had. CBD cocktails, that's all I have yes. to say. <laughs> and it's just like you go in there and you're like, the entire restaurant is vegan but you would never know it because nope. again the majority of people in there probably aren't vegan. Yeah. Everyone's there, can, hip, trendy. Yeah, that's yeah. an amazing yeah. restaurant. Dude. And you yeah. just indulge and you're like, there is no lack here. Mm. There's yeah. only that's abundance. Yeah. Dude, that's the vibe, dude. Yeah. That's it. And you know That's what? Veganism. You know what? Veganism we're in, is abundant. We're in yeah. LA right now, and, and and as much as we're talking about flyover country and how we're bringing that message to them, I mean, straight up, things are growing there like mm-hmm. rapidly. Yep. Like, I, and I was just back there six months ago, and it, it's growing rapidly. Mm-hmm. But also, like, straight up, dude, we got it. We we have to show gratitude to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. to New York, because mm-hmm. they fucking set the trend. <laughs> they set the trend, right? Yeah. So now, thankfully, that's what always happens, right? Everything starts in the city. You know, things like fitness yes. things, like. Food things, it all it all kind of starts here. Mm-hmm. And things kind of filter out from there. Well, we're at that point. Yeah. We're at the point where that shit's going to the stratosphere. Yeah. 
you know, and now if the paparazzi are getting photos of Beyonce outside a vegan restaurant Mm. and the Mm -hmm, whole world mm -hmm, is like mm -hmm. looking on TMZ and they're like, oh, they're at what's Gracias Madre? Look it it up. You know, like, how cool is that? And then you got amazing. You got Beyond Meat, Impossible Foods. You got Guardian, Dea. Mm -hmm. um, You have Miyoko's. Um, you have Oatly. Uh, we haven't talked. I remember I tried Oatly with you guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. The same time. Yeah. And we it was saw, like, we saw them at like a U. We were, we spoke in the UK last summer and saw them at a coffee Oh, that's right. Yeah. Coffee yeah, yeah. Shop there was a coffee shop there. Oh, my that's gosh. Sweet. Talk Amazing. about a, a revolutionary milk that's coming yeah, out that's also yeah. free of common allergens. Oh, and yeah. And you just I'm like, the list, the list is too long right now for It's crazy. It's amazing. It's, it, it is. It's and literally then, abund- it's abundant as fuck. You know, and then yes. you, got Tyson, <laughs> you got Tyson and Cargill. It's like the meat industry is even going vegan now. Sure. Yeah. That, is, that is crazy. Yeah. Tyson and Cargill have been some of the worst Animal perpetrators right. of disgusting shit. Mm-hmm. But guess what? When the worst perpetrators of disgusting shit decide to start doing something about it, yeah. They become some of the biggest fucking benefits to the world. Yep. Yep. And I think that we're at a place where the the vegan community is trying to figure out how to negotiate it. Yep. Yep. And we're like, listen, listen, it's not like we're saying, hey, dude, you're not killing animals. What we're saying is like, this is the reality right now. But holy shit, forward. you're funding eliminating animals. Yeah. You're funding the future that you know is inevitable. Instead of just going bankrupt, you're yeah. actually saying like, hey, you know, the market's pivoting. talking. Let's go with the consumers. Can't beat them, join them. It's like yeah. when man- the mayonnaise thing, when you watched what happened with mayonnaise and when the vegan yeah. mayonnaise companies started yeah. to really become really popular. And, and at first, Heinz and, or Heinz, Heinz, what is it? Um, <laughs> Hellman's. Hellman's. Hellman's, right? Yeah, that's Hellman's. right. Yeah, Hellman's. They kind of like battled. Yeah. They were like, they were like, like filed a lawsuit They were like, or no, you can't, you can't call this mayonnaise. Yeah. And they can't yeah. be. And then all of a sudden, they have a vegan. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, I, guess, I guess you can. I guess <laughs> yeah. you can. Yeah. yeah. And which, we, which we're like, you dude, blood. Yeah. you know what? I know, I know like, you battled a little bit, but hey. Yeah, you can go into almost any grocery store and find vegan mayonnaise now. It's crazy. Dude, it's insane. It's just the world we live in now is just, it's just totally insane. And vegan butter. Like I, it's I love going into just like, quote unquote, average grocery stores, traditional grocery stores, and looking for vegan products, and you'll see oh, totally. earth There's balance so yeah, you'll see it's you'll everywhere. See vegan mayonnaise, you'll see all sorts thing. of non dairy milks. Like yeah. you'll see Gardein all over the place with their, you know, all of their delicious alternatives and it's just like I, I feel like the word alternative for veganism is, is going to die out at some point oh totally it's, it's dying it's out like, for sure it's, it's just like plant based protein oh, totally. it's yeah. no alternative doesn't even make sense anymore. and I think also vegan protein companies they're battling you know over the past few decades what we would call the I mean the dairy's already lost like dairy the writing's on the wall mm-hmm. um, but meat's losing and, and the meat and dairy industrial complex is kind of I don't know. That's a term that I started using. <laughs> but it seems like it makes sense because straight up, I mean, it is this massive entity and they have all these different marketing arms and research things to, to bring about certain outcomes and market it to people. And they've been very good at that. Like they've done a really, really, really good job of marketing that to the masses. And that's fine. But now we're at a point where like, I mean, if you look at dairy, like dairy is just tanking. Oh, yeah. Because some of that stuff wasn't true. <laughs> and the truth we comes out. To? Milk comes doesn't out. do a body good. What do you mean? Oh, the, the other thing I think is interesting too is it's like these companies are so afraid of losing money. It's like because a lot of the marketing, it's like they just want to make money. They're not trying to be in the best interest. And my philosophy is it's like you don't have to lose money. There's plenty of money in plant-based foods. There's so people yes. that's want that. Well, that's out. right. That's so where then, we're. That's where we're at. Is yeah. we're we're at. There's two options, and we think like 
it's going to become more and more pronounced that there's these two options. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be Blockbuster or are you going to be Netflix? Exactly. That is absolutely right. You yeah. have, you're, you, you're still, you're still in the game right now. You're still in the game. Like meat, meat and dairy uh, CEOs. If you're listening, you're still in the game right now. You have a choice though, because you see, you're not talking about it publicly, but you see the downturn in the trend and you're freaking out in the boardroom trying to figure out what to do to get people to eat meat. But there is another way. And there are companies like Tyson and Cargill that are funding that way so that they can still make millions and billions of dollars for years to come on the future of food. Yes. 100%. And it truly is the future of food. I mean, if you actually study any uh, food research out there and food studies, they are plant-based is always in that future of food category. And because people like Richard Branson realize and Bill Gates, they realize they might not necessarily feel for the animals. I don't know where Bill Gates stands on that, but he's looking at it from a sustainability mindset. And so from the environmental benefit Mm. of plant-based foods, they know that this is the way that we can keep this world sustainable. Yes. Oh, totally. I mean, to I, me, those are the most important activists. Like mm-hmm. whether or not Bill Gates is vegan or Richard Branson is vegan or whatever. And Tyson Foods, they're still doing all the shit that they're doing. Cargill. It's like, to me, you know, I lived out of a car for four years, sleeping on new strangers floor every single night. And, you know, I was, I was sold. I was dedicated to that shit. To me, the most, the most important and the most effective activists of our time, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, yep. Tyson Foods, Cargill. Yeah, Beyonce. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo True. DiCaprio. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. It's we just have to true. be honest. They're, we they're... have to, we ha- it's important to be honest about that. Like yes. we you know, everyone reads they they read E, they watch TMZ, they Miley read Cyrus. people. You see how she, right. yeah. she just talked about it at the Met Gala. She oh was yeah. like God, it's talking amazing. about vegan fashion wow. and how like, yeah, you don't have to wear animals yeah, to look that's great. Amazing. You know, and yeah. there's people t- talking on mainstream. Yeah platform that's the effect like that was on vogue i think she was talking to in a vogue interview about vegan fashion that's amazing and as as vegans as like vegans who want to who want to change the world we want to help animals we need to be supporting the leaders yes we need to be supporting the vegan celebrities the celebrities talking about veganism we need to be supporting the meat industry as it transitions to veganism we don't need to be you know pointing our fingers (laughs) like oh like you know, Beyonce still wears fur, you know, whatever. It's like straight up. First of all, let's just say Beyonce could wear. F- I'm not advocating for Beyonce to wear fur for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. But because of the way we see that people are influenced by things, yep. Beyonce could wear fur for the rest of her life and have a bigger impact than the people who are being critical of her. Mm-hmm. And I don't yes. mean that to try to create an enemy just right. to create a visual. Right. Like she's she having an impact tr- just by saying a word. Yeah, and how do we know that she could transition to vegan fur? Exactly. And no one would even Absolutely. notice because yeah. it looks so similar. And, and they would still be be critical and, of her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But and if you like if you're in, if you're critical of someone, they're not gonna go further. Right. But if you mm. encourage someone and straight up you're going vegan, that's, that's ninety eight to ninety nine percent of animal abuse in, mm-hmm. in the country. Right. If you encourage someone on that, they're gonna they're gonna go further eventually. Maybe it'll be a month, maybe it'll be a year, maybe it'll be ten years, but they're eventually gonna give up fur. And yeah. what if instead of splashing blood, you know, or, or whatever, red on, on her fur, what if instead you just handed her a replica made vegan? Like if you just said, hey, see that fur you're wearing? Here's the exact same look, but made from vegan materials. And what no do you think she's going to do? She could swap it out or she could get angry because now you've offended her again and it's going to take her even longer to shift. Oh, totally, totally. You know, yeah. Exactly. Like, Shame don't swaps, work. Shame don't work. Swaps are just like I feel like one of our. You go into that in your books because you said instead of taking things out, you add things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
Oh, totally. So we're going to do three questions with you But wait, first, to celebrate their book, Vodka is Vegan, I think we should do a round of vodka. Oh, yeah. We have to do another shot. Amen to that. You know, twist my arm. Twist my arm. (laughs) Fill her up. So what's the name of the book, the full name? So it's Vodka is Vegan, A Manifesto for Better Living and Not Being an Asshole. Amazing. I love that title Mm -hmm. so much. Well, cheers. I'm so excited to have you guys. This and this is which vodka? This is a vegan, gluten-free vodka? Tito's. Tito's. Cheers, guys. Nice. Yeah, so if you're gluten-free and vegan, you can still drink vodka. And that's kind of the whole point mm. of the book is bridging the gap that, you know what, actually 90% of what you're eating might actually be accidentally vegan. That's something that you guys say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. tell us a little bit more about, more about that concept. So we look at it as like veganism, eating vegan, it's not this us versus them. Yeah. It's not all or nothing, and it's not this us versus them. Most people are opposed to animal abuse. And if you're opposed to animal abuse, in our minds, you're already 90% vegan. Your diet's just the last 10%. And to us, it's, yeah, it's just like our way of viewing things where it's like it's not us versus them. And, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, really, like, and we, we, we get into this in the book in, in a couple of our, um, in one of our chapters, uh, kind of on pets. And there's a, there's a sleeping giant in Americans' homes and in many homes in the world. And here's a great visual. You know, there's there's people who are, you know, factory farm workers, factory farm owners. Is they're driving, they're driving to the laundry, driving to the farm to check things out. Who's in the passenger seat with them? Their best friend, their dog. Oh. Those those dudes, right? So to me, to us, because we grew up, meat and dairy industrial complex has fooled us and manipulated us into thinking that somehow there's some difference. Between Jackson and, you know, a pig who can't even move around. Esther. Right. Yeah, or Esther, yeah. where Esther was doomed to be. Right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. So a lot of, I think, you know, some vegans maybe struggle because you, you find out this truth, you go vegan, and then you look at what people are doing and you're like, this is terrible. You're a hypocrite. How can you be doing that? And, and I totally understand where that comes from and I can relate with feeling that way. But what we see when we see someone who's not vegan yet, in their car with their dog, like the dude's like, you know, oh, you're my best friend, buddy. Like, I'm gonna be gone just for a few minutes. I love how is... you made Phil like the dog. <laughs> 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 I didn't even flinch. I'm I'm, like, oh. really, yeah, I just, you're like, oh, cool. I just I'm missed that. Dog. I missed that my dog Peyton's not right here with me right now because he's my because he's you know he's our best friend too. Yeah. But um, we, when we see that, we don't see hypocrite. We see how we grew up. We see a guy who feels. Like he's boxed into a place where he can't show any emotion. But when he's alone in his car, he can be like, oh, I love you, buddy. I'll see you. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm only going to be gone for a few minutes. Obviously, you shouldn't leave your car. Shouldn't (laughs) leave your dog in the car car, if it's super hot out. Right. Um, Well, maybe the dog's following him into the factory. Right. Could be going in. And imagine how that dog would feel being around that energy. Right. That's terrible, too. That's energy. That's energy. energy. And if you care about Mm. your dog, why would you want your dog to be seeing this horrific stuff that it can't? It's understanding on a whole other level that you can't (laughs) even relate to. I bet. I bet a good portion of them are probably like, I shouldn't bring my dog in here. Right. But see, that's that's what we're talking about. We see the potential. We see what's we see what's deep inside everyone. Mm-hmm. And if you never get to it during your lifetime, I want you to. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to take you longer, like I understand, I want to help you work through it. I know what's inside of you. You're showing me right now. So I don't need to argue with you because I know that we agree. Like mm-hmm. you're petting your dog. You love your dog. You give your dog food. You don't want your dog to suffer and die. Mm-hmm. 
we know that everybody really truly feels that way about everything. And we're at a place with technology and, and really the expansion of compassion and consciousness and everything that we live in a constant state in the universe. We live in a constant state where we're able to just extend our compassion to more and more and more. And our book is just bridging that divide and expanding that compassion and allowing guys who have felt like this book's for everybody, but specifically dudes have been made to feel like they can't feel. Mm-hmm. But it's like, really? Like, dudes feel. I know. Do like, bros feel? The thing. <laughs> bros. Bros. Bros feel. Bros feel. Dude, he, he pointed me to this documentary. And I was like, I was turned off to like all of this stuff. Like, I didn't want to pay attention to any of the, any of the ways animals were treated on farms. I wanted to refuse to believe it. Mm-hmm. I was becoming a little more open-minded and, and a little more agreeable. He was also becoming just a better communicator, a better activist. And he uh, he mentioned to me, hey, there's this documentary I want I want to watch on HBO. So he didn't say, hey, dude, you should watch this documentary. He said, hey, there's a documentary I want to watch on HBO. Well, he knew that I had HBO, and he knew that I, was, I was one of those strategy. He knew that I was one of those what people. What was the movie? It was called Death on a Factory Farm. Oh, and, oh I know that one. But it's I don't think yeah. I've seen that. So, it's not good. <laughs> he 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 got me so good because I wanted to be one of the cool people. It's like I got HBO. I'm gonna watch a documentary uh, on HBO. Yeah. yeah, and you know it shows. So it's it's pigs. It's a factory farm with pigs. Oh. And the crazy thing, it's devastating. It is. Yeah. And the crazy it's thing, it's not good in the fact the, that. Sorry, you know what I mean. Like it's 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 intense. Uh, it is intense. Okay. It is intense. And it the standard people. and the standard practices, everyone's horrified when they find mm-hmm. out, and that's why they go vegan. And that's what happened for us. Mm-hmm. We found out about it, and we're like. Holy shit, this is real. Yeah. We we really don't have a choice. We got to kind of go this direction. Yeah. But there was a specific scene. Like we were talking earlier mm-hmm. about how there's like there can be certain scenes that like are cemented in your mind. Yes. Yep. And you know, this is it's not ridiculously graphic, but it is very emotional. It's so emotional. There there was a there was a moment where there was this very big mother pig and her back legs were like broken. And they were kicking, they were kicking like there was a group of guys, yeah. the farmers. They're kicking her. They're they're spitting on her. Yep. They're laughing at her. They're trying to get her to move yep. to the to the edge of the barn so they can put so they can push her off about four feet. So they they do that, and then I'm thinking, okay, this is fucked up. And then you see a forklift come out, and literally these dudes. This is one of the things that this is the reason the undercover investigators got called there yeah. is because mm-hmm. they had heard that you know while they were doing the routine stuff, they were also doing some extra sadistic fucked up stuff. Right. They if if the they, routine stuff wasn't sadistic enough. Wasn't bad enough, right. right? And I don't say this to say that like I think those people are terrible humans. I mean, obviously they're doing some bad stuff, but there's reasons that they're in those situations. Yeah. I feel bad for them too. Yeah. Right? Like we you all have, have to have we're, compassion yeah. for them. Right. We're all going we're all going through things and figuring things out. But they they tied a chain around her neck oh. and hoisted stu- her up. and hoisted her up and and hung her and they're like laughing and joking about it. That was the thing for me where it's like Oh my God, like I refuse to believe that that stuff was real. Right. If he started talking about it, I'm like, no, 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 it's not real. It's not real. It's not true. And in that moment, like, it's like it's I couldn't. It's so rare. Yes. It doesn't actually happen everywhere. That was the stuff I would say. It's like, yeah. oh, dude, that's not like, because I was getting that from my parents. Like, you know, which our parents are actually vegan now too, which is cool. Awesome. But, you know, they were, they were saying, they were telling us like, no, it's not, it's not routine. You know, one time yes. there, one time there was a, there was a train going by where uh, one of the places where we grew up at and we would go to the train tracks. There was a train going by. There were uh, cows yes. on it and he was there with our dad. And he's like, he's like, dad, where are they taking the cows? And he's like, oh, they're taking them to a different pasture, you know, but that's <laughs> oh, the, that's wow. the stuff. Those are the choices. I mean, we actually, See, that's the thing. They're not isolated instances. Yeah. And that's why yeah. it's like, you can't judge another person because it's like, 
you know, I experienced, I experienced that. And that's part of the reason why I was, why I ate meat when I got mm-hmm. older, because I was lied to by right. my dad. Right. Yep. There's so a, there's which is the book, meat and dairy industrial complex getting to, to your dad, family. Yeah. It's because it's so a lot complex. about money. I mean, most of it is about money and True. about mind control and all, you know, who knows <laughs> why else. But um, in addition to recommending v- uh, Vodka's Vegan by these guys, one other book that helped me understand the factory farm workers a lot was this great book called The World Peace Diet by Will Tuttle. Mm-hmm. And he has a whole chapter, maybe two, where he actually explains the psychology of why these workers do the things that they do. And if I remember Carly, it's been years since I've read it, but it was about that they, it, it was kind of similar to the story you told us on the podcast earlier about how when you were overweight as a child, you would make fun of yourself before other people. It was a defense mechanism. I think that part of the reason that these these workers act that way is it's a way, it's a barrier for them. It's like if we laugh at this pig, then we can protect ourselves from from witnessing the horror and experiencing oh, totally. how yeah. much that hurts. We got to make this funny mm, so we can survive absolutely. because oh, totally. they, they're doing it Coping. to make wow. money. Yeah, yeah. You know, Coping these, these oh, totally. people often feel like they have and, to work these jobs to pay their right. bills so they can keep their family alive. Right. And so they got to figure Holy out shit, a mental way to get through it. You're right. And you right? want to believe that you're a good person and what you do is good. Yes. So yeah. it's therefore, if you're doing something bad, you just have to realize, no, no, it can't be bad. I, you know, Cope. there's yeah. got to be a way oh, that this yeah. is Brain doing help, the, doing something that's okay. It. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. It's I, I, like just having the compassion. Though, if you really look at this person as a core, we're all so similar. It's just that people are making different choices because what they feel like they have to do. Mm. And I think also that there's this, like I think we're raised with this idea that we're not similar. We're raised mm-hmm. with this idea that there's very big differences between us. Yep. and that's highlighted when you're a child. Yes. And it's like, like we're dude, good, they're bad. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and in a way, that reality does play out because like, I'm not going to say that there's not these polarized different points of view and people battling each other. That's very true. It exists. Mm-hmm. But there is, there is also this truth that a lot of that is, a lot of that is not really what's going on. Like, it's just like, they think they're battling something, but really they're battling something inside of themselves. Yep. Yes. Yep. It's always a reflection Deep of what's shit. going on inside. I always talk about this, but when you're driving in traffic and you're so angry because that guy cut you off, nah. you oh, don't know. Totally. Like, you, you don't know, know what that they're... dude. Yeah, you exactly. You have no idea what they're going through. Exactly. And you, why are you so mad at them calling them an a-hole, mofo, you know, all the horrible things you may be calling them? What are you needing to heal in that moment? So now what I try to do, and I don't do it every time because sometimes I'm really mad, but... <laughs> What I try to do is I just say, I hope you get to your destination. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Instead that's of being good. like, how dare you? you know. Yeah. Blah, blah, and blah. think about how far we have to go to just accept other humans and treat them equally. Animals, for a lot of people, are, are secondary to humans. Oh, totally. Right? Exactly. And so yeah. if we, it's good to, un- we we can, to understand it's, that. It's very good to understand, to understand the psychology there. We yeah. have yeah. so many different belief systems around other human beings that are different from us imagine a whole nother species like the speciesism is huge too and so like we have a long way to go and i think in a way veganism is so powerful because it helps us accept not only animals but each other we literally in the book in the book we talk about and this is something we've been getting to recently is we feel like i mean you can tell like a lot of our message is very like is very unified it's very much like dude I'm sure, like, if we sat down for a drink, like, we have much more in common than you than you think. Yeah, that's why the vodka's here, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's just. Bro- I mean, that was an entry point, you know, in a weird way. You know, we we grew up not we grew up thinking alcohol was evil, and and and, mm. and, and, and as adults, like, and now it's the time. Like, trust us, like, right? 
We oh marijuana every, was like I mean everything. <laughs> oh totally yeah yeah yeah. Right. All drugs are equal and all drugs are bad. Right yeah. right right. Yeah, 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 so yeah, so yeah. what's interesting is there could be some positive side effects to having a drink or two. Mm-hmm. Bringing your defense mechanisms down, relaxing yeah. with people, and being able to have conversations and more normal with that's, that, you, that helped us. And Me with too. people like yeah that that was my gateway because like, the way we grew up it was just very like. These are our people. We don't hang out with people yeah. that are different from Can't us. Connect we with don't. Them. We don't hang out with people who like do. You know, they they think differently. They have different beliefs, or what they were raised differently. Whatever. When we got older, we started we started drinking. When you're drinking, you're going to parties and whatever. You're starting to meet people from other walks of life. Before you know it, you're you know you're you're you have this whole new you're, you're connected. Fu- you're fu- connecting with open. all these different people. All of a sudden, you're like whoa. whoa, whoa. That was yeah, my gateway. Like, that was my gateway to the world. It's like that. Mark. It's like the Mark Twain quote about travel. Uh, it's a. Uh, that's, I hate when you do that, you know, because you're you're like talking. You're like, oh, that quote, <laughs> that quote. You know, it's you know the quote about like uh, travel is travel. Somehow, it's like it ruins it your it ruins of, prejudice. It gets rid of prejudice. prejudice. Yeah, yeah, travel is fatal to Thank prejudice, you. bigotry, and narrow mindedness. Yes. And many of our Thank people you, need it to sorely yeah. on these accounts. Broad, Thank you for some charitable views of men. And things. It's a mouthful. No wonder you couldn't say it. I know. <laughs> things cannot be acquired by vegetarian in one little corner of the earth all wow. one's lifetime. Done. That's wow. a good one. Thank you, Google. Memorize that, that next time. Oh. Yeah. yeah. How did you not I'm, I'm not going to try that, that anymore. There's <laughs> okay. this Mark Twain quote. You know. Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Travel is fatal to prejudice. It's true. Like we even grew up. Yes. We we grew up having this paradigm of, uh, against uh, gay people, against mm-hmm. the LGBTQ uh, community, mm-hmm. and. Straight up, we were both faced with it in different ways. And the way I was faced with it is I got a job at the Sunglass Hut and my manager was one of the friendliest people I've ever met and was super flamboyant and super openly gay. Mm. And I'm literally like... This is not I'm like ni- I'm like 19. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? Do, what do I do? Yeah. Like, like, this, this is this not what they told me. It's true. Right. It's like with <laughs> veganism too. Like when you find out about the cruelty, you're like, but I was told that this was okay. Or when you realize that that meat animal products are causing major diseases and you're like my entire life I thought this was healthy to eat right and now I'm realizing you know in Allison's case part of her journey I won't speak for you but part of her journey is is about how your parents illnesses well I came from the health perspective sure. before mm-hmm. I came from the animal activism perspective and I feel like people come from either place but it's a I great had, point totally yeah. and it's yeah, and, it's, and it's amazing and we kind of highlight that too is like we don't give a fuck where you come from. Like, dude, there's so many different avenues. Figure out, it's like you, know? you figure yeah. out your own path. Like, it, there's not just one path to, yeah. to going vegan. It took me discovering the environmental impact and the animal activism and all of that to get me fully to where I am today. But it right. started from the health perspective of me losing both my parents, mm. seeing Western medicine fail. Mm. I'm 25 and orphan. Two parents lost mm. to cancer with doctors who had no idea of anything to prescribe other than drugs, surgery, medication, you know, um, the, uh, chemotherapy and radiation and having no idea not only did they say food did not matter they could eat whatever they wanted but also my mom could smoke if she wanted mm. and to me that yeah. is just mm. is so irresponsible oh and, ins- and insane but you know I can look back and say you know he didn't know better I don't think that he knew about any natural cures nor believed in them and also he probably thought she's dying anywhere let her have a fucking cigarette mm. and mm. it's really mm. you know it sucks mm. to have to say that oh. but they had no awareness of natural cures and so after losing both of them I became yeah. on a mission to find out how yeah. we can heal our bodies and mm. heal ourselves naturally. And I started meeting people left and right, healed stage four cancer by wow, going vegan yeah. or doing a cleanse, all of these things. And I, my mind was absolutely blown. Then 
I started to learn about, mm. oh, the mm-hmm. environmental impact. Oh, animals are actually yeah. being tortured. Yeah. And, you know, what if you wouldn't do it to a dog, how can we justify doing it to a pig or a cow or any other yeah. sentient being? Yeah, and that whole Love idea that. of it doesn't matter. Because I, I had that experience many years ago. A family friend was dying of a cancer, I think it was. And I, I just desperately wanted him to... I watched Forks Over Knives with him, yeah. and I cooked for him. And I was like... And I'll never forget his spouse basically was saying to me... You know, he should just enjoy his life. He doesn't need... And it's like, in my heart, it was like, but what if he changed? And like, what if it did make a difference or extend his life by a few months? Like, time is time. And this idea, oh, it doesn't matter. My, You were saying this, too, about how you know, one person can change the whole world. And so, but so many people have this belief system that their small choices don't matter, not only for themselves, but they don't think they make much of an mm. impact. Oh, totally. But look at you two. I think your book could change millions of lives. Thank because you for speaking that. I love that you're saying that. No, really. Let's say it will change millions of lives, but you could, just the two of you and that impact your words can have on millions of people. That's huge. I'm, I'm got, I, got, I, got the, I got goosebumps a little but bit. But it's like yeah. absolutely true. And I think that's yeah. one of the things in our society. It's like we don't ingrain it when we're kids. We don't ingrain it in the kids still still to this day. It's like you can change the world. Yes. And that's one of the positives. Yeah. Like, oh, when you stop good. resenting, when, when we stopped resenting our upbringing, because for Facebook Live, you know, we grew up in what some would consider a quasi cult. Yeah, no big on deal. The, <laughs> on, the extreme, <laughs> on the extreme fringe of Christianity. Like, when, when we stopped resenting it, resenting our past, we started to see the positives. Positive and one of the lessons. positives that we were taught is that like every week it was like, it was ingrained in you us. You can change the world. Mm. And so when you're instilled with that, that that's, becomes a part I mean, of you. Straight up, like, you know, gives me the chills thinking about it. That's been part of our path is, you know, we went through different situations on our own. We went our own paths. You know, I lost a hundred pounds, went the fitness route, opened up gyms, and then eventually came over you know, came over to this. Mm -hmm. Phil went the animal advocacy route and started really advocating effectively. And then we joined forces. We joined forces in the middle, but I lost my, lost my train of thought. So (laughs) So exciting. There's so much to discuss. I'm not, I'm literally thinking about it and I'm like, how the fuck did that go away? It's probably something like we're, you know, we go all into what, you know, what we do or something. I don't know. You guys, I, don't know. I have to wrap sure this up. Was. Okay, yeah, let's get I love you guys. That's a great so point. Much. A great point to wrap up on. This has been so fun, but I literally have my next guest here. So oh I'm holy not- shit! <laughs> Wait. Sorry guys, she's kicking it. Time I, I, I definitely screwed that up really bad. No, not at all. Not Listen, at all. This there's has no been- such thing as screwing things up, right? You're right. No, yes. we're all on a path. All on a path. Love that. Love it. And this has been such a valuable, wonderful conversation. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to share the entire podcast with our listeners. And it's Facebook Thank you for having us. Going. We're excited to be here. Facebook Live. Let's wrap you're going to love the pot. If you liked this, the, <laughs> honestly, because we talked for at least an hour before this, yep. I, there's so much. I feel like this is going to have to be a two-parter. Probably. There's so much great we'll see. juiciness we went, we went in deep. here. We went deep. Yeah. We went deep. So please, yeah. everyone, go around. Just tell everyone where they can find you online, buy your book, all that good stuff. It's the, the Vegan Bros food truck, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Look for the food truck on Facebook. So you can you can order the book. At- no, it's not the food no, truck. Yeah. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> you were like, you can don't find it. That. That's funny you because can- that's like our nature to just see how far the joke can yeah, go. So, yeah, oh wait, yeah. we should we should stop it before it. we talk. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, well, you can but get the book. Bo- on- you can get the book at book.veganbros.com, and it's available at it's available at any place a book sold. Yeah. Um, so pretty much, you you can connect with any any retailer. And you have a great landing page by this. 
it's like so informative. Like that'll convince you it. to get the book oh, by dude. the time you're re- done That's reading good. the landing That's page. Good like, oh, well done. Yeah. We we are well very done. excited. I mean, one of the things we're most excited about on that page is it's been a culmination of the of the the impact we've had and the stuff we've learned over time. And and a lot of the people who we've who we've learned from and, and revered are actually you know praising. Giving us some work that we've done, which that's it's a amazing. that's a crazy, a crazy experience. Crazy. Yeah, Changing the crazy. world already. I love <laughs> it. And Whitney, where can everyone find you online? Well, currently, Eco Vegan Gal, as my Facebook page is connected here, that is a great way to find me at the moment. I'm in the middle of transitioning my brand, so depending on when you watch this, but Eco Vegan Gal for now. It's more coming soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Thank you guys all so much for being here. Go to foodhealsnation.com for all the show notes, and we will post this on June 5th when the book comes out. Yay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. All right, Food Heals Nation. Hope you enjoyed our interview with Matt and Phil. Make sure to check out their brand new book, Vodka is Vegan. It's in the stores today. And don't forget to download the podcast this Thursday when our brand new Spiritual Entrepreneur Series begins with James Whitaker. He's the author of Think and Grow Rich. This is the first episode of our five-part series. It's our Spiritual Entrepreneur Series. It's brought to you by Gabby Bernstein's amazing Spirit Junkie Masterclass. And Gabby has a free video training series that starts today. I asked Gabby for a preview as to what you're going to get in the first video. Roll it, Roxy. And so the video that comes out today, the three steps to own your confidence and get into action now, you can watch that at foodhealsnation.com slash Gabby. And Gabby, you're going to reveal three steps to truly own your confidence and get into action now. Can you give us a preview? Absolutely. So this video is beautiful. I mean, it's all about really gaining that greater sense of awareness of your confidence and understanding where your confidence truly lies. And it's helping people connect to their purpose and they'll teach you how to to really own your own transformational experience and how to put that out in a authentic way. And I'm going to reveal my three steps to truly owning your confidence. And that is a, a step-by-step process in really stepping in and claiming your voice and really owning your voice, really accepting your own transformational experience as your expertise. I think a lot of people see these experiences that they have as just something that happened to them, but actually these experiences that we have make us an expert in that area because we've gone through them, whether it be, you know, we healed like this summer, I healed my acid reflux and I walk, literally I could walk around like I am an expert in healing acid reflux. If anyone has a problem, which maybe people are listening, they do. I'm happy to share some tips today, but literally like I, I believe I'm an expert because I suffered and severely suffered with gastritis and acid reflux and I healed it and I'm free of it now. And so I can say safely that I'm, I know more about this than my doctor, <laughs> you know, my doctor's like, you need to write a book about this, you know, because I just, I really, I really lived it. So by living these experiences makes us an expert in these areas. And I believe that not necessarily that we could be like a heart surgeon tomorrow, but, but in general, when we go through something, we can share about it with, with a lot of authenticity and confidence. And that's where that confidence begins to become our own. Get the free training now at foodhealsnation.com slash Gabby. We will see you Thursday for our bonus episode and the first in our spiritual entrepreneur series with James Whitaker, the author of Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy. See you next time. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. 